football a new segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast where we talk everything fantasy football i'm your host once again james and i'm joined once again by nate what's up man so uh today uh we'll just be talking about um our last segment of the fantasy awards the the defensive awards for uh, defensive teams this year in fantasy um we'll be handing out a few awards there uh we'll also talk about um, just where uh, all the team's rookies ranked. Um, uh, we'll talk about uh, mostly offensive rookies uh, having to do with fantasy and uh, I, I guess just um, some defensive uh, rookies here and there. And we'll also take a look at a mock draft and we'll sort of just break it down to see, you know, uh, what position each team might need heading into the NFL draft. Uh, so let's just hop right into it. Uh, for the fantasy awards for defense, um, I'll give it to you, Nate. Uh, you're handing out the most consistent defense of the year. Uh, who who do you have winning that, and who's your runner-up? Uh, for consistent uh, defense of the year, I gave it to Pittsburgh. Uh, they had 9.6 fantasy points a game, and they had three touchdowns. And the runner-up is Miami. Um, they have 9.3 fantasy points per game with uh, only two touchdowns. Um, Pittsburgh had 56 sacks this season, which is kind of crazy. Insane. Yeah. yeah. And they had 18 picks. So, again, a really good season. They're basically Blitzburg this season. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think they had only three games under eight fantasy points, and wow. Miami only had seven games under eight fantasy points and uh, Pittsburgh had only five games with uh, no picks and Miami had only three games with no picks. So again, very good uh, season for both teams. Very consistent. Yeah. Yeah. I know Miami had those pop explosion games where they went off for 20 plus points. Uh, They were, they were very, I, I didn't realize they were so consistent even with those games. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how they managed to kind of just stay with uh, pretty much most of the offenses in the league. Yeah, that's that's interesting to say. And um, just uh, handing out the next award, I'm going to give out the rookie uh, defensive team of the year. Um, and then I'm going to give out the runner up. So the winner um, is the Washington football team. Uh, they put up uh, 7.8 fantasy points per game. Um, the team uh, had 47 sacks on the year, 16 interceptions, um, three defensive touchdowns. So they were very solid. Um, and, and just a couple of rookies that really stood out for me on that defense. Of course, defensive player of the year, Chase Young. He was solid. He he started 15 games. I know I think there was one game where he was injured. He didn't play, something like that. He had 44 tackles and 7.5 sacks. Those are insane numbers. He definitely deserved defensive player of the year. And then uh, Cameron Curl, uh, the safety for their team, he started 11 games, finished with 88 tackles on the year for a rookie that's solid. Uh, he had three interceptions for himself as well. So he did very well there. So I feel like that, that team was the, uh, I think Chase Young put them over the top as the best um, rookie defensive team. 
And then the runner-up, I'm going to give it to the Carolina Panthers, uh, 6.5 fantasy points per game. Uh, they had three defensive touchdowns, 28 sacks, seven picks. Uh, they were a solid team as well. And a couple of rookies that stood out for me, um, both of them making it to the all-rookie team this year. Um, Jeremy Chin, he started 15 games. He had 117 tackles as a safety for that team. He had one interception, and he had two defensive touchdowns. So very solid. He put up uh, defensive player of the year worthy numbers. I know uh, Chase Young did beat him for that award. Um, and then um, uh, up front on the defensive line, uh, Derek Brown, very solid. He also started 15 games. Um, he had 34 tackles. He had two sacks. He was just an overall solid player. He made that Carolina uh, defense really popped this year. Um, they they were very bad last year. You know, let me just say that. And he 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 really uh, helped them improve up front. Uh, so yeah, those are my my two uh, teams that I have for rookie defenses of the year. And um, I'll get it to you for the waiver wire uh, defense of the year. Sure. And the winner for waiver wire defense of the year is Washington again. Um, they had 7.8 fantasy points per game with three touchdowns and they were under 5% drafted and considering um, where they are in the standings for defenses. Now that's kind of insane to think about um, Tampa Bay also a very overlooked defense in this league um, that 7.5 fantasy points per game with uh, one touchdown and they were under 30% drafted. Uh, for some reason, I think nobody expected these two teams to kind of come out on top in defense, but they both ended up being top 10 defenses in the league this year. Um, as you said, Washington had 47 sacks, 16 picks. Uh, Tampa Bay had 48 sacks and 15 picks. Um, I'll start with Tampa Bay's highlight game first versus Green Bay. Uh, they had 19 fantasy points, five sacks, uh, two picks, and one touchdown. Uh, very solid game. And Washington's highlight game for the regular season is versus Dallas. Um, they had six sacks and one interception. Uh, reason why I'm saying for the regular season is because they did have um, a higher scoring game, but I'll get to that later. Yeah, uh, for sure. I do remember both of those games, uh, most visibly the Tampa Bay one where they really dominated the Packers um, and then they just uh, ended up dominating them again uh, in the playoffs. Um, I'm going to go to the um, uh, injury defense of the year. Um, it's a tough uh, thing to measure in terms of injuries. I tried to look at the teams with uh, the, the most injuries who had fallen off from the previous year. So I ended up giving it uh, to the New England Patriots. Uh, they did have 6.5 fantasy points per game. Um, they, they did have 24 sacks, 18 interceptions, which is very solid, three defensive touchdowns. But their injury list uh, was very long. Uh, they had uh, on the, the defensive side um, – Many guys uh, leave the team via free agency. I'll just start out with that. Um, and then listing guys that actually opted out or were injured. Uh, a few to list. Uh, Dante Hightower, a starting um, linebacker. Um, got Patrick Chung, the starting safety. Uh, Stefan Gilmore was out for an extended period of time during the season at corner. Um, and then Brandon Copeland uh, as well uh, up front. And uh, I mean, they... They had to battle through it. Uh, a lot of young guys uh, got in there, and uh, I mean, they battled through a lot of injuries. They weren't the top tier defense that they were uh, last season, but um, 
they, they had come down a little bit from that. Um, and then the runner-up, I'll give it to the San Francisco 49ers, of course. So we know how dominant they were. They were the first team off the board in most fantasy drafts um, for their solid play last year. And they really fell off, uh, only averaging uh, about uh, 5.7 fantasy points per game this year. Um, and yeah, they really struggled. They only had one defensive touchdown. They did have 30 sacks and 12 interceptions. So they didn't do too bad this year. Um, and then just listing off many of the injuries to starters, they had uh, D Ford, uh, Richard Sherman, Nick Bosa, Kwan Alexander, uh, Zeke Ansa, Solomon Thomas, Emmanuel Mosley. Like it was just insane how many players they played without for extended periods of time. Guys like Nick Bosa being out for pretty much the full season. Um, yeah, we should expect to bounce back from them next year, but I'm going to be giving them the runner up for the injury defense of the year. Uh, so I'll get to you now for the playoff defense of the year. So for the playoff defense of the year, um, I gave the award to Dallas. Um, they had 14.3 fantasy points per game. And the runner-up is Washington football team again with 11.7 fantasy points per game. Um, the total, Dallas's total for this season was 31 sacks, 10 interceptions, and uh, two touchdowns, and uh, Washington's total, you already know that. Uh, I think Dallas had three games uh, where they had double-digit points, and their highlight game was the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, They had two sacks, uh, three forced fumbles, and one touchdown. Um, Washington's uh, highlight game for the playoffs was versus the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, They had 23 fantasy points with uh, four sacks, one interception, two forced fumbles, and two touchdowns. So uh, both very uh, good good games. And uh, yeah, it was a solid uh, playoff for both teams. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I know Dallas had their struggles at the beginning of the year. But they were very solid for teams during the fantasy playoffs as well um, was Washington. And speaking of the Washington football team, um, I have them as the runner up for the defense of the year um, just because of all the awards they've been winning uh, so far. Uh, I figured I'd, I'd give them runner up. They, did, uh, As you said, they had 7.8 fantasy points per game um, with that 11.7 per game in the playoffs, which is very solid. Um, They had rookie standouts. Uh, They had an amazing sack total, which was 47 sacks. They did have 16 interceptions, uh, very solid overall to go along with three defensive touchdowns. So they definitely deserve the runner up, but I am going to give the defense of the year to the Pittsburgh Steelers just because of how consistent they were 9.6 fantasy points per game. Pretty much every week you could rely on them for 10 points and 10 points is you can't even get that from receivers and running backs these days tight ends was the averages were worse than that a lot of times i mean so pittsburgh was reliable they had amazing stats three defensive touchdowns 56 sacks 18 interceptions this team was solid all the way through guys like tj watt bud dupree minka fitzpatrick joe hayden the list just goes on they have so many solid defensive players i know they dealt with injuries near the end of the season 
Uh, maybe their pace could have been around 10 points per game if they had stayed a little more healthy. But uh, just overall, this team looks solid and they, they should be the first team off the board next year. I know Tampa Bay might inflate a little bit because of them winning the Super Bowl, as well as maybe a team like Miami or Washington. But these are some of the teams you should see near the top of draft boards, along with maybe a, a bounce back team like either the Patriots or the 49ers. So uh, definitely look out for those teams uh, next year for defenses. Yeah, I think I don't think anybody's going to be sleeping on Washington defense uh, the next season. Yeah, they've definitely established themselves. Um, there's always going to be a, a surprise defense. Uh, maybe Cleveland defense uh, might be a surprise defense next year. We'll see how uh, things go for them. Hopefully. Yeah. All right, um, moving into the next uh, segment of the podcast, um, I just wanted to uh, go through a, a sort of a NFL.com uh, rookie report card where uh, the, the 32 teams were ranked by uh, some of the rookies uh, they brought in from the draft um, in 2020 and how they played uh, during the season. So um, just looking at the, the list, um, they have the Indianapolis Colts at first with an A grade. Um, well, definitely, uh, they took Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor, uh, both in round two. They didn't even have a first-round pick. Two solid players. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, insane uh, for fantasy uh, this year. Um, he was just solid. Um, definitely, uh, after Thanksgiving, uh, he, he really took off. He had a 6.2 yards per carry. Um, and he, he just went uh, crazy uh, for the, the Colts and uh, Michael Pittman Jr. over 500 receiving yards um, on the year. Um, and then, of course, Julian Blackman, a solid safety for them uh, that they picked up in round three of the draft, along with some other uh, solid players. Um, just uh, your general uh, take on both uh, Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor, um, I guess, just heading into next year for fantasy. I'd say for those two players, um, if you're in a league where uh, you have to redraft every year, I'd say that if you kind of see them in like, basically if, if there's a, a round where you can kind of take them and you feel like you might want to reach for them, it won't be like, you won't, I don't think you'll get burned too hard if you like you reach for them, but depends um, where they are on the board, of course. Yeah, I think Pittman Jr. can definitely be a breakout candidate, you know, with Carson Wentz coming in there, you know, new quarterback, that whole thing. And then with Jonathan Taylor being in there, the the offense should be pretty good next year. So I'm thinking that uh, those two, like you said, they could be a very good in fantasy next year. Um, looking at um, the second team, Tampa Bay, they got an A- minus on their grade. Of course, uh, Tristan Wirfs on the uh, offensive line, they took in round one. He was on the all-rookie team. Anton Winfield Jr. at safety. He was on the all-rookie team. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn really didn't get into many games. Tyler Johnson was a decent wideout. So overall, they, they had a solid year. Um, and then, um, you know, of course, them winning the Super Bowl, uh, those rookies showed out and they performed. Um, I don't know, any thoughts on, on Tampa Bay, I guess, just moving into next year, whether it's on rookies or just the team in general? Um, I think the problem for rookies on Tampa Bay is how deep Tam Tampa Bay is. There's just so many good players, so many good wide receivers and running backs. They have a good player for like every single position. So 
if a rookie really wants to be able to, I guess, do well in this team, they're going to have to beat some of the best players in the league just to get a spot. So I'd say for this team, just because of how deep it is, you might not want to get rookies from this team. Yeah, especially guys like Vaughn and Johnson from this year, they were buried by other high-level players like Fournette, uh, Ronald Jones at running back, and then Antonio Brown, Evans, and Godwin on the receiving end. Um, just looking at the Cincinnati Bengals, of course, to take Joe Burrow first overall. Uh, they were given an, an A- minus on this season for rookies. T. Higgins, solid wide receiver. He really emerged as their number one receiver in his rookie year. Um, and then just some some other solid uh, uh, players they drafted. Um, but definitely, um, I see T. Higgins potentially being a top 20 receiver next year if Joe Burrow's healthy and definitely Joe Burrow being a top 12 quarterback if he's healthy. So um, I don't know what you think about those two guys, whether you're as high as I am on them or a little bit lower on them. I'm not really too sure about um, top 12, but like maybe like top 15 for sure. Uh, thing is Joe Burrow has like all the tools. It's, it's pretty much just... Um, I guess like it's pretty much just his offensive line that's holding him back. But like, if you construct a proper team around him, there's like nothing he can't, can't do pretty much. And he'll probably make the entire team good as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then just moving to uh, Minnesota was ranked fourth. They got an A minus as well. Um, we got Justin Jefferson at wide receiver, Jeff Gladney at uh, cornerback, Cameron Dance. They're also a cornerback. Uh, those are three of their, their more solid rookies. Uh, but I just want to focus on Justin Jefferson this year um, as a rookie. He was so solid. Uh, he was not even drafted mostly most of the time in the top 60 wide receivers. Sometimes he was in, sometimes he wasn't drafted in that area. And he just exploded this year. Uh, he had 1,400 receiving yards in his rookie year. That's insane numbers. Uh, he definitely should be a, a, a top, what, round two or three draft pick, I'd say. So he should be drafted in the top six, 36 overall players, I think. Um, I don't know where exactly he fits in right now, but I guess what was your impress, impression of uh, Justin Jefferson considering they traded Stefan Diggs to the Bills and then they draft Jefferson and he explodes like this? Well, it looks like um, he's pretty much the future of this team in terms of wide receivers. So I'm guessing they're probably just going to try to slowly, slowly, um, I guess, build some pieces. And then maybe in the future, we might see another playoff run from them. Yeah, for sure. Um, Jefferson's looking really solid. He's definitely someone you want to go for in fantasy drafts for next season. I'm mean, getting to uh, rank five. Your team, the Cleveland Browns, finish here with also an A-. minus. Uh, in round one, they take offensive tackle Jedrick Willis, who started 15 games on the year. Uh, he, he was on the all-rookie team as well. Uh, Harrison Bryant, tight end, was also on the all-rookie team. And then a late-round steal, Donovan Peoples-Jones there in round six. Uh, what do you think about this overall rookie class for Cleveland this year? As a, as a Browns fan, uh, what direction do you think they're heading? Um, I kind of like the direction that they're heading in. Um, Peoples-Jones was the people's champ. <laughs> um, I don't think... 
I ex- I expected him to be as good as he was, but he's he has like really solid play for like around six, a rookie wide receiver. Normally, those are like guys that when the everybody else is injured, okay, now I get my wide receiver. But he was getting like decent minutes for a wide receiver. And Harrison Bryant, he's also really good as well. Uh, nothing bad to say about him. So I'm pretty happy about uh, Cleveland's position right now. Yeah, I think if they move on from either Austin Hooper or David Njoku, potentially uh, Harrison Bryant will definitely be getting more snaps going forward. And I think he definitely deserves them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just looking at some of the other teams, uh, of course, the LA Chargers, they get a grade B plus. Of course, getting Justin Herbert, who was the offensive rookie of the year this year. Um, also drafting uh, other notables, uh, Joshua Kelly uh, in round four, uh, who was a decent running back this year. Obviously, uh, he didn't uh, project as well as some people were saying. And then um, the Washington football team, we definitely talked about in the awards especially on the defensive side with Chase Young and Cameron Curl. But I want to get to one guy, Antonio Gibson. Um, He played 14 games. He started 10 of those games. Um, And he, he's pretty much their starting running back now. Um, And then on that game, I believe it was the Thanksgiving game against Dallas. He went for 243 rushing yards on 40 carries and he had four total touchdowns in the two games that he played against Dallas that that, those are some solid stats um and just being in a run heavy offense what do you think the ceiling is for someone like Gibson going forward for fantasy I think his ceiling is fairly high especially like he's just a rookie and he's already getting numbers like this I think probably in the second his second or third season we're probably gonna see even higher numbers and depending on who they get in the free agency if there's somebody who can kind of I guess a quarter a quarterback who can kind of spread the offense and kind of set up for for the run he's probably going to be even more effective so I kind of like where he's going right now yeah for sure I think I can agree with that I'm looking at Kansas City um, a, a couple notables Clyde Edwards Hilaire obviously um, he, he was on a good trajectory until he got hurt in the middle of the year. Uh, also, uh, in round four, drafting safety, Legereus Sneed. Uh, he played very well in his first season for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I guess for the Chiefs, it's just about becoming a deeper team, I think. Yeah, pretty much. Um, they're already, like, really good. It's just that they need, like, maybe a couple of supporting pieces, I think. Yeah, and um, just moving forward to Dallas, who's ranked nine, they got a B plus. Of course, taking wide receiver C.D. Lamb in round one uh, was solid. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, uh, cornerback in round two. And then all the way back to round six, quarterback Ben DiNucci, who played three games there uh, when both Dalton and Prescott were injured. Um, I know... um, member of this podcast, uh, Mete, who's a big Cowboys fan, will talk about that whole quarterback situation and how the Cowboys got screwed this year. But And I mean, I, I can't deny that. Prescott was definitely playing some of the best football of his career before that happened. But I guess going forward, uh, what do you see Dallas being if they're healthy 
And what do you see in, in rookies, especially you guys like CD Lamb going forward? Um, I think that Dallas has plenty of upside, but just because of their reputation, they're probably going to be uh, slept on. So it's going to be hard to say where they're going to be. But yeah, like I said, they have they have some upside. Uh, I think that if they are healthy, they definitely have a chance at winning that division, considering how weak it has been lately. I know Washington's getting better. Giants are getting better. Eagles are sort of going through that real rebuilding process. But uh, yeah, Dallas definitely has a chance to take that division if these uh, players, especially guys like CeeDee Lamb, can just take that next step uh, as a receiver. And rounding out the top 10 here, we do have the Carolina Panthers. I know I talked about them in the awards. Uh, defensive guys like um, Derek Brown, defensive tackle. I talked about Jeremy Chin as well. Um, just solid players overall. Um, a, a lot of the players that they did draft this year um uh, guys like Roy and, and Robinson they got into games this year so um, it, it was really solid uh, for that team the the Panthers are definitely becoming better defensively and I think this year uh, they might look to get better offensively um and then I guess just listing some of the remaining teams we got the 49ers they're ranked 11th uh, notables being Brandon Ayuk um and then ranked 12 was the LA Rams with notables Cam Akers Van Jefferson and Jordan Fuller um, and then at 13th, we have the New England Patriots, um, with, uh, uh Devin Asiasi, Dalton Keene, um, uh, Michael Wenu, um, some solid players they picked up as well. We got the Jets at 14th with, uh, Mackay Becton, Denzel Mims, uh, just being solid players this year. Uh, rolling over to 15th, we got the Denver Broncos who got a B, uh, they drafted Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, um, two solid receivers uh, heading into the future for them. Um, and uh, rounding out the top half, well, we've got the Atlanta Falcons uh, grabbing uh, AJ Terrell uh, among other players. Um, so yeah, that, that's about the top half of the league uh, for rookies this year. Uh, most of those teams had um, a solid uh, play from their rookies. And um, yeah, I, I think it was an exciting season for rookies. I don't know about you. It's uh, it's good to see all these. Um, I guess these are like kind of the promising, I guess, uh, young young players of the league right now. And it's kind of good to see um, how the, I guess, the NFL is shaping up. There's a lot of um, young talent in the league that's at a really high level. And in two or three years, we're probably going to see them improve even more. So it's really good. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. All right, let's uh, head into uh, sort of uh, analyzing a mock draft for this coming year's uh, NFL draft. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah from NFL.com uh, put out his recent mock draft. So I guess just taking a look at it to see what some teams need heading into the draft this year. Uh, he has Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson, going first overall to Jacksonville. And I think that's a pretty obvious pick. You know, he's the best player in the draft. They need a franchise quarterback. I mean, that's what they're going to do. Pretty much. I mean, why would you not pick the best quarterback on, in the draft at this point? Yeah, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, he does have the New York Jets taking Zach Wilson, quarterback from BYU at number two. I know the quarterbacks underneath Trevor Lawrence have moved around a bit, as I've seen in other mock drafts. Um, 
And it's just basically on whether the Jets decide to keep Sam Darnold or just move on from him. Some people said he hasn't had a fair shake. Um, some people said he's not a starting material. So it just depends on what they want to do. But I, I think if they want to draft another quarterback, it seems like Wilson is a good quarterback. Um, if they don't draft quarterback, what other position do you think the Jets could draft, um, whether it's on offense or on defense, do you think? So I think that uh, probably the most important thing for the Jets is consistency. Uh, by the end of the season, we were seeing the Jets – kind of just go off and beat, I guess, playoff caliber teams. So probably maybe just a wide receiver or a running back who you can just throw yards to. I mean, just to throw the ball to and they'll get yards for you. That's probably going to be, I guess, the most important thing. Or just any defensive player who can just uh, guard anyone pretty much. Um, yeah, I, I think um, if they do want to take a wide receiver um, here at number three, uh, he has the Miami Dolphins taking Jamar Chase, a wide out from LSU. And um, if they feel like they want to keep Sam Darnold, maybe the Jets might take Chase at number three. But uh, him going to the Miami Dolphins, I think, is great. Um, of course, pairing him alongside someone like Devontae Parker, you have two solid wide outs there. Um, if they keep two as their quarterback, he can throw uh, to these two wideouts. And I think that they'll be pretty solid. I actually think that taking a wide receiver there is good for the Dolphins. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. They have, they have a really solid all-around team. They're just like missing like another wide receiver for more like depth pretty much. Um, here for the Atlanta Falcons at four, he has them taking Justin Fields, quarterback from Ohio State. Um, I've read a lot about Justin Fields, and I believe that he has a lot of talent. Uh, I guess uh, he believes that Atlanta will be the team that sort of can help him put those talents together. How do you feel about a quarterback sitting behind Matt Ryan for a season, sort of like Patrick Mahomes did in Kansas City, sitting back for a year and then becoming the starter? What do you think about that? That's. I think that's generally the the way to go for, I guess, uh, young quarterbacks because there's usually an adjusting period from when you go to college and then go into the pros. Uh, the level of play is just a little a little bit different. It doesn't really matter how good you are. There's usually some kind of adjusting period. So I think maybe watching another player might um, kind of, you can kind of just learn learn from like, a good another good player um just kind of the ins and outs of being a quarterback in the nfl but hopefully he doesn't pick up maddie ice's bad habits as well <laughs> oh yeah that's always gonna be funny um but yeah um i guess just seeing what the life of a quarterback is is always good for a young qb um looking at the Bengals at five he has them taking uh penne sewell from Oregon he's an offensive tackle and we know the Bengals need offensive line I think that pick is pretty obvious um, I don't think there's really much to discuss there they need to protect Joe Burrow at all costs especially at the tackles yeah for sure um, and then looking at the Eagles at number six he has Kyle Pitts Florida tight end going to the Eagles um, he sees a uh, Zach Hurts leaving and you know how the Eagles like to do sort of a two tight end set. He has yeah. Kyle Pitts fitting right into there. Um, 
I mean, that's a good pick for the Eagles. Uh, that is if they don't pursue another quarterback. Do you think that they might go after another quarterback after trading Wentz, or do you think Jalen Hurts is their guy? I mean, for some, I mean, I've heard some rumors that they want to get another quarterback, but in my opinion, I think Jalen Hurts is pretty good. I think they could probably just stick with Jalen Hurts for now and then just draft Kyle Pitts. That's probably. That's good for them, I think. Yeah, definitely. If he's the quarterback, they definitely need to build around him. And it seems like Pitts is a very solid tight end, very athletic. So definitely someone that they can put around him to sort of uh, as a tool to sort of help him in that offense. Uh, looking at Detroit for number seven, they he's got Micah Parsons going to them, a linebacker from Penn State. Uh, we know Detroit's always been bad on defense. They were very bad this year. That seems like a no-brainer for them, uh, adding the linebacker. Um, and then going to Carolina, um, this is if they don't trade for Deshaun Watson. I know they've been in rumors for Watson, but if they don't trade for him, it looks like that he has them taking Trey Lance, quarterback from North Dakota State. Um, I, it's pretty clear that Teddy Bridgewater is only the uh, sit in, sitting in quarterback until they get a franchise quarterback. And I think potentially if they don't get Watson, they'll be looking at a quarterback in this draft. What do you think? Yeah, I think they they kind of need someone who can uh, raise the floor and raise the ceiling of the team. And hopefully somebody like Trey Lance can do that for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, looking at the Denver Broncos and the Dallas Cowboys picks 9 and 10, he's got them both taking cornerbacks. He has Caleb Farley going uh, to the Broncos from Virginia Tech. Um, he, he his reasoning is that they recently released cornerback AJ Boye, so there's a need in the position. So I can understand that. Um, I think that it's possible they take a if a quarterback falls to them, they might take it because I don't think that they're really impressed with Drew Locke. I don't know what you think about that. Um, it's possible, but I would say, I guess they could kind of like. Uh, risk it for now and just try to improve um, their defense first. Yeah, I think their defense is good up front. I think what he's saying is that the the secondary, they just need to improve a little bit. I know they have Justin Simmons, but other than that, they seem kind of thin. So that seems like a decent pick. And then the Cowboys taking Patrick Sertain from uh, Alabama, a, a corner. Um, I mean, they gave up so many yards, so many touchdowns on defense this year, especially early in the year. That almost seems like a no-brainer that Dallas takes someone on defense. Um, just looking at pick 11, the New York Giants uh, taking an edge rusher, Gregory Russo uh, from Miami U. Um, I guess just since they've they've missed, since, since uh, Jason Pierre-Paul left this team, they really haven't had that dominant edge rusher. It seems like the Giants might be looking to go after this guy, Russo. Um I think their offense is sort of coming into place. Um, what do you think? Do you think this is a good ad for their defense, maybe getting stronger at the line? Well, there's always room in the league for edge rushers, so sure. Yeah, I know you can definitely say that as a Cleveland fan, having a dominant guy like Miles Garrett there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looking at the 49ers at pick 12, he's got uh, offensive tackle Rayshon Slater going there. Um I know um, they're talking about Trent Williams leaving in free agency. So it's another one of those fill-in draft picks like he's talking about. 
Um, and then going to the Chargers, he has them taking Jalen Waddle, Alabama wide receiver. And uh, knowing how Justin Herbert uh, is now the, the foreseeable quarterback of their future, I guess putting weapons around him is a good thing. What do you think about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, there's there's always a need for, I guess, depth at wide receiver. And they already have a good quarterback. I mean, Herbert's... Uh, I think he was like the best quarterback in the draft class. Um, so just, yeah, you just need some pieces around him pretty much. Um, and one thing here I noticed at 14, the Vikings are taking another Alabama receiver. This time it's Devontae Smith. I know they have Justin Jefferson. They have Adam Thielen. Uh, I'm not really sure about this pick. Actually, I think that maybe they might take someone on defense. Their defense has had a lot of trouble, especially their corners. Um, with New England being at 15, taking uh, J.C. Horn uh, from South Carolina, a cornerback, there could be a switch here. I could maybe see the Vikings taking that cornerback and maybe the Patriots taking someone like Devontae Smith at wide receiver. What do you think about that? That's possible, um, especially because um, Minnesota already has a decent um, wide wide receiver core, so getting another cornerback might uh, be more beneficial at this point. And yeah, I think as a Patriots fan, we're still looking for that high end uh, receiver that can, can, can do, you know, what uh, uh, basically what we need is we need to put a receiver out there that will attract a quarterback to come to new England. And I think Devonte Smith, of course, winning the Heisman this year in college, he's a solid player. Definitely would be welcomed in new England. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there in the draft. Um, looking at the Cardinals, uh, taking the offensive guard, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Um, I guess just protecting Kyler Murray a bit more. He took a lot of shots last year. He got hurt. That seems like a no-brainer. Um, looking at the Raiders, taking edge rusher, uh, Quiddy Pay uh, from Michigan. Um, the Raiders, their defense hasn't really been solid, especially at the line. I just assume that any defensive player would be welcome in, in in Vegas. Yeah, I agree with that, especially somebody like him. And then at 18, he's got the Miami Dolphins taking Alabama running back Najee Harris. Uh, definitely, um, if they take receiver Jamar Chase earlier in the draft and then they grab a guy like Najee Harris later, you got a top-end receiver and a top-end running back coming into that Miami offense. Their defense already looked solid this year. That's going to be an electric team going forward if they make a move like that. Yeah, we could potentially see a deep playoff run from them. Yeah, they, they, they'll they be looking very solid. Um, and then pick 19, the Washington football team taking Virginia Tech offensive tackle, Christian uh, Derisaw. Um I guess um, they're not high enough in the draft to sort of select one of those top-end quarterbacks. So I guess just getting an offensive tackle to sort of, you know, protect the quarterback. And then eventually whether they make a trade or, or whatnot for that said quarterback, I will definitely have to see moving forward. Yeah. That's probably the next best thing. If you can't get a good quarterback, try to uh, get the most out of the quarterback that you have. And then just sort of build up that line to protect him. Yeah. Looking at pick 20, the Chicago Bears, uh, he has them selecting Kadarius Tony, Florida wide receiver. Um, definitely if Allen Robinson leaves, they, they're they going to need a, a good wide receiver. 
So that almost seems like a no-brainer pickup. They're not high enough to draft a new quarterback. I know they said they might be looking for one, but um, they're sort of in that range where grabbing a wideout seems like a logical move for them. Yeah, I know they have the quarterback that they have now isn't. He is not necessarily like, he's not bad, but he's not, he's, they need a quarterback that can kind of raise the ceiling, but seeing that that's not really an option, which is probably the next best thing. Well, I mean, Trubisky's the MVP, the Nickelodeon <laughs> valuable player. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, I definitely get what you're saying uh, with Trubisky. Um, and then, yeah, just looking at um, the the later part of the draft, pick 21 to the Colts. Uh, he's got Greg Newsome, uh, cornerback uh, from Northwestern, obviously just filling out the rest of their defense there, you know, just getting more and more solid. Um, Tennessee Titans at 22 taking uh, Jalen Phillips, uh, an edge rusher from Miami. And yeah, that Tennessee Titans defense, they couldn't really get much pressure. Like, I mean, in the playoffs, Lamar Jackson pretty much had his way with that front uh, from the Titans. So I guess that would definitely make them stronger in that area. Yeah, although it is Lamar Jackson, so like there's not a lot you can do. Well, I mean, Buffalo definitely had more pressure than Tennessee did against them. I know you couldn't do as much against Buffalo, so. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And he, you need all the help you can get. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of all the help they can get, uh, the New York Jets at 23. Um, <laughs> he has them taking Ronnie Perkins, an edge rusher from Oklahoma. And I guess just building up that defense like we talked about. That You said that could be another option if they didn't take a, a quarterback at number two. Well, if they do take a quarterback at number two, he's got them taking an edge rusher further down in the first round. So uh, I definitely uh, like that pickup for them. Um, looking at Pittsburgh, um, uh, I guess they have a lot of uh, openings there on the offensive line with guys retiring. They also have an opening at running back, so it just depends. He has them taking offensive tackle from Michigan, Jalen Mayfield. Um, yeah, um, it, it just seems more like a formality, just replacing guys. Do you think they should target a running back if there's one available, or do you think this is sort of the right pick for them? Um, I think, uh, I guess this is probably, um, a better pick for them. Try to improve your line as best as you can. Yeah, I I think I can definitely agree with that. Um, and then Jacksonville has picked 25. He has them taking Jeremiah Owusu Kamora from Notre Dame. He's a, a linebacker. Um, definitely just Jacksonville needs to improve pretty much it on both sides of the ball, offense or defense, just adding another linebacker is just a formality at this point, just trying to improve. And then Cleveland with pick 26, he has them taking Joe Tryon from uh, uh, Washington University. He's an edge rusher. I guess sort of to go alongside Miles Garrett on the other side. What do you think about something like that? Double pressure. I mean, it could work. Um, I think the blitz was probably... Cleveland's um, best weapon on defense so I guess instead of trying to kind of round out other spots they're thinking maybe we should kind of just go go with our our best weapons for now and see what happens so I guess maybe we'll see we'll see um, these guys uh, I guess pancaking people well, I know that they they definitely have good guys up the middle. I believe Richardson and Vernon play on the line up the middle, but Garrett's mainly the one off the edge. I don't think they have a premier second edge rusher 
from from yes. what I I've seen. Yeah, so that's why I'm thinking this might actually be a good pick for the Browns. Um, yeah, and if both him and Garrett are rolling on all cylinders, this must they must this might be a tough Cleveland defensive line to stop. Yeah, we're gonna see Blitzenberg, and then we're gonna see Cleveland. Cleveland, <laughs> the dog pound is back. The dog pile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was the right word for it. All right, moving to pick twenty-seven, the Baltimore Ravens. He has them taking safety uh, Trevon uh, Morig from uh, TCU. He's a safety. Um, definitely just adding to that Ravens defense. Of course, there's always guys leaving and coming in. That Ravens defense has always been solid. So this might just be another one of those guys just coming in to fill out spots uh, for the Ravens. And then looking at pick 28 for the Saints, uh, he has them taking Mac Jones, quarterback from Alabama. Um, If Drew Brees does retire, this seems like a logical pick, them taking a quarterback. He might not start in the first year since he's a late first rounder but he might sit behind someone like Taysom Hill or, or Jameis Winston. What do you think about that? I think that makes sense. Um, Mac Jones isn't expected to be be like a quarterback who's like a generational talent. So put giving him the reins right away doesn't really make any sense. And Jameis mm-hmm. Winston, he's a decent starting quarterback. Again, he's not, he's not like the best, but he's not uh, bad by any stretch. So giving Winston the start kind of seems like it's going to be the way to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, in this report, he says that uh, Mac Jones, uh, he's uh, a fit as an accurate thrower and a good decision maker. And I guess Sean Payton can sort of elevate those traits. He might not be that top end talent, but he could still develop into a good starting quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just looking at the Packers at 29, he has them taking offensive tackle uh, Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. Um, we, we saw how the offensive line was really depleted uh, in the playoffs as Tampa Bay's defense just overwhelmed them and they couldn't get anything done because of all the pressure. I think that that's just a way to improve their line. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I think the question is going to be when they run into a team like Tampa Bay, how are they going to protect their quarterback? So uh, I think that's probably going to be like a big theme for a lot of teams. We need to protect our quarterback and we need uh, someone who can kind of be be a good edge rusher. I noticed a lot of teams, they've either gotten – somebody at the line or somebody who's an edge rusher. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of edge rushers, um, seems like the, the Buffalo bills, uh, is sort of the primary landing spot for free agent JJ Watt as rumors have come out, but if they don't pursue Watt, um, he has them taking, uh, Aziz Ojolari edge rusher from Georgia. Um, I guess Buffalo is just looking to get more pressure. Patrick Mahomes didn't have any pressure in the AFC championship game, he pretty much did whatever he wanted and that really hurt Buffalo. So I think that edge definitely seems to be uh, something that they should be drafting. Um, Just any thoughts on that, whether it's JJ Watt or someone in the draft like Ojolari. I think someone like Ojolari would be a good pick, especially because you don't want, you don't want to give a quarterback uh, time to make his reads. You want to make sure he's as uncomfortable as possible. That's when he makes mistakes. So 
an edge rusher like him sounds like a good idea. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then for Kansas City at 31, he has them taking Landon Dickerson, Alabama center. So I, I know their offensive line was also banged up like going into the Super Bowl. And then Tampa Bay just pretty much stopped all over them. Uh, he'd really uh, sort of fill in. They need to draft someone from the offensive line, whether it's a center, whether it's a tackle, whether it's a guard. They need someone. And uh, I guess Dickerson seems like that kind of guy. Yeah, I think anybody at the line would be good, but I guess they're kind of trusting um, Dickerson at center. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they pick at 32nd. He has them taking Nick Bolton, linebacker from Missouri. And uh, he, his explanation for this is that he believes that Levante David could leave in free agency, so they would be down a starting linebacker. So then Bolton would just sort of be that fill-in beside uh, Devin White there. Um, it, it, sort of on the second level of the defense. And um, I guess if not, uh, maybe drafting a running back might not be a bad idea as well. That's just my opinion. Um, potentially Fournette leaving a free agency as well. So you, you need that guy. I guess Keyshawn Vaughn wasn't that guy. They drafted him last year. So maybe going after another guy. Um, I don't see uh, Travis Etienne here in the first round. So, which means that he could be available. So if they don't take a linebacker, maybe someone like him at running back. What do you think of uh, drafting for Tampa Bay position-wise with this last pick of the first round? Um, I guess drafting for depth probably seems like the, the way to go for them because they already have a, a really good starting lineup. So pretty much whoever they draft is just going to be filling in. Yeah, I think I can agree with that. And that wraps up uh, this mock draft of the first round on NFL.com by Daniel Jeremiah. Um, I think that we were able to go through and sort of take a look at what teams uh, need heading into the draft. Yeah. Um, that's going to be the end of Fanatics Football from the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. Uh, make sure that you um, subscribe uh, on YouTube. Um I guess just subscribe wherever you listen, whether it's an Apple podcast or Spotify, follow us on social media, uh, which is in the description. And uh, we'll be coming out with an everything NHL episode on Friday. Um, and then another football episode next week. So uh, we'll catch you guys again on the next episode.